three, two, one. Welcome to our first episode. I can't believe this. Up for discussion. This is an amazing thing to do together with you. Up for discussion. <laughs> and you got it. You got it from the Lord, the name for it. And I, I agree. I like it a lot. Um, I am excited also about our new set and our little studio that's in our, our upper room in our home. Pretty... Hey, that's appropriate. Our upper room is up for discussion. That's true. I like it that. It works, too. right? And we've got our Restore 7 sign. I have some flowers from our Mother's Day last weekend. Anyway, it's good to finally have this done and to finally have um, a, an excuse to do this together and to communicate with, with you, our RISE Global Community of Reformers. And, you know, basically... Everything that we want to cover is for you. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day about this, this very cautious place that we walk in because so many times people that get an audience, you know, people that follow them on social media, they end up spending it on a lot of kind of, I don't know, just extra things like what they eat all the time and everywhere they go and what they do and in this world of social media, it's real easy to just get kind of caught in that. And um, I don't think that that's wrong to do that. But I think at our age, what we want to really spend most of our energy. What are you talking about? Our age is great. It's young. It okay. is. But yes. we're, we're old enough to know, like, you only have so yeah. many hours in the day and so much capacity. And You want to run your race. We want to run our race. And our race really is to awaken equip and connect reformers with each other. So our goal for up with up for discussion would be to equip you and to to answer questions that, that you may or may not be asking. Yeah, and that word up, you know, you get it that uh, you know, arise shine that's getting up. It's also the Caleb perspective that I'm always speaking into, the higher view and so it's not just finding points of contention that we want to get in the weeds of it all, right. but we want to be able to, to the best of our ability, hear from the Lord, his perspective on things that... Um, from that up place. Yeah, from the up place. To so the best of our ability, if, even if we don't start there on a topic, uh, sometimes it's hard, hard to start, uh, you know, especially if we just go off track somewhere, we could, we could start something and, and realize we're kind of in the weeds and looking at it this way instead of from up here. So yeah, we do want to do that. I think it's also important for you guys to know that we filmed this on Thursday afternoons. And so if something happens on a Thursday night that we don't cover on a Friday, that's why um, you're seeing this on Friday or after. And we're going to attempt to cover current events, not all current events, but just things that catch our attention that we feel like it's important to have a higher perspective on yeah. and we certainly don't claim to have like right. the perspective or God's perspective on on all of these things a lot of it will be our opinion um, but more than anything else we want to just come alongside of discussions that are already happening between you and your family perhaps or people in the in the body of Christ um, and let you in on how we discuss some of these things 
Yeah, and I don't know if um, I, I don't know if we're ready to go there, or if you wanted to talk about go something else first. But I think the first topic we were we were talking amongst ourselves about was what's happening with the Roe versus Wade. It's not a ruling yet. It's um, we'll say it's more than a rumor. A rumor of a ruling that's going to end up taking down Roe versus Wade. Mm-hmm. And that obviously is something to be glad about. It's it's not yet done, a done deal. So anytime something's not a done deal, it's not a total rejoice time. But it's, it is a surprise ruling uh, or a report of a ruling that's taking place. And so it's, it's great news. Um, it's interesting as well. You know, I think it was... Uh, it was this week for us, it was yesterday, I think it was Wednesday, that um, there was a vote in the Senate because the Democrats put in a bill there in order to try to, you know, uh, get one step ahead of this ruling. And, and in, that, in that attempt um, to reverse this big gain that would come from the Roe versus Wade ruling, they were going to essentially try to just rule across all states that any pro, uh, pro-life anti-abortion ordinance or law would be eliminated across the board and there would be the ability, the freedom, uh, the legality of having an abortion for any reason at all um, up till the day of birth. And I, I know some states have even exceeded that seemingly. And so it was defeated in the Senate 51 to 49. Kind of a scary number yeah. that... It was only done by two, but um, uh, we thank the Lord for, for that step yeah. as well. And that just tells us it's still being heavily battled. We want to be in, in prayer about it. But I think what we were talking about as well, Elizabeth, is that there are accompanying issues to Roe versus Wade. It's not like if Roe versus Wade got overturned. Uh, as many years as we have been contending for it to be uh, overturned. Some have contended heavily and seriously and prophesied it and all that kind of kind of thing. You would think that if once that happened, that there's some final solution victory that takes place. But there are side issues um, attached to it. And I don't know if you want to jump in. You want me to go in there on that? Anything? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Keep going. You're on a on a good roll. On a little roll here. So among the things that have to be considered, particularly looking from an up position, again, Elizabeth and I are going to present what's natural for us now after doing it for so many years is seeing through the grid, through the paradigm of reformers. And so, as you know, our messaging of the Seven Mountain Mandate is that, you know, the kingdom of God is designed to show up in every sphere of society, the seven primary mountains of society and not just the church and four walls of the church. It's great if we have his presence there, awesome meetings, but he must show up in the nine to five world. And so when we look into this topic of reformation, reformation is about what happens in this nine to five world, what happens in the real, uh, the real spheres of society. So there's going to be, you know, uh, an issue of will the body of Christ rise and fill the vacuum and the void that could be there that comes from a Roe versus Wade, Wade ruling. What am I talking about? Well, one of them is uh, adoptions. Mm-hmm. We know that theoretically, we don't know the math of how this is going to cause an effect. There's always a cause and effect. 
because this ruling takes place, this happens. There could be a, a much greater need for the body of Christ, for good people, uh, for good people to arise and be willing to step into adopting. Mm -hmm. And and this is something we have to uh, look at closely. We have to prepare ourselves. I understand there's some movements taking place uh, in the body of Christ around this nation, kind of preparing people and, and ready to make a call to the body of Christ to step forward in this way. So we want to we want to be able to think and process through that, that, you know, there's a reality that not every person that has gotten abortion has done so because they are vile and evil and not at all. And, right. Maybe not even one. We're not that that's not our point here. And some for, um, you know, what looks like very reasonable uh, processing from their standpoint, they're either uh, single, it could be a teenager, they're desperately poor already, there's some other There's some other reason, they're raising handicapped children already, and so they can't, there's all kinds of reasons. Um, yeah, and there, there are women that it's just an issue of convenience as well, and everything in between, but unfortunately, many of them, if not all of them, are deceived in thinking that that's either the only option or the best option. Right. So we have to have a good option yeah. available for society. We have to have a good option of, um, of families ready to step in there. So we're not just, you know, theoretically pro-life. Yeah. Because that's where it can, what it can look like is that we're theoretically pro-life as long as it doesn't cost us any discomfort, any, uh, any funding of our own. So... Uh, adoptions. That's one issue that we're going to have to um, raise up uh, our our our, uh, our appearance before society in another way, seemingly, as it relates to this this issue. Then there's going to be uh, they're kind of related. There's we were having the conversation before Elizabeth about you know defects, Department of Family and Children Services, and um, the foster care agency. Is it CPS? Uh, I can't remember what it is. Children Protective Services. Yeah. yeah. Child Protective Services. I think that's kind of foster care. It's really, um, it's it's known for really having a lot of problems. Talk about a couple of areas, particularly the CPS, the Child Protective Services, is really an area where we really need the intervention of God. We need reformers there. It needs reformation. The, the horror stories of you know, molestation, child trafficking that comes from that is just way too much. Doesn't mean there's not good people. Right. I think we've all known good people that have been involved in, in, um, systems that are corrupt. Yeah. They've been, you know, being foster parents. And, and I think briefly for a moment when we were having our younger ones, there was a, you know, we didn't go very far with conversation because we were already overtaxed, but it's like, should we open ourselves up? One of our daughters, I can't remember which one of our daughters was, why don't we open ourselves up as a foster uh, family and all that? But we have to... We uh, did adopt a son. Our, our oldest is, is adopted. He um, was an adult, though, when yes. we adopted him. So There's a whole neat story there. Yeah. But there is, uh, you know, there is a specific area where we need to be present. We need to be salt and light. Salt and light 
is, you know, connects to Jesus' very first message, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. So it's about what the salt was, is a curative, it's a preserver, it's, it wasn't just, you know, add a little spice for it. And so we really do need um, sons and daughters of the Most High. And, you know, many of you maybe got prophesied or uh, a promise or a dream or a vision that shows you being pastoral and ministry and full-time ministry and you couldn't possibly think of department of family and children's services or the cps as that being ministry but listen anybody who has a pastoral heart a pastoral call we need we need the sons and daughters to arise we needed it before this potential ruling we're really really gonna need it now because if the idea is somebody's um for whatever reason, is is willing to, uh, you know, we would call it destroy, kill an unborn baby. It tells you if they are in some way legally forced to raise that child, uh, that there is, you know, a decent chance that that household is going to be a household that has more, um, more risks mm -hmm. than other ones. And so we have to be prepared to show show up there. So uh, you know, there are other options as well. I was talking to our daughter, Justice, oh, yeah? today about all this. She's very passionate about this whole issue. And um, I know that part of our goal in Up for Discussion is for us to, to give you a call to action and to say, you know, we, mm -hmm. can't, we can't just talk about these issues and complain about them. We actually have to make a difference. And that's what I hear you saying. Yeah. Um, and so another way that we can make a difference with this specific issue, if you're not in a place in life where you can adopt a child, maybe you can come alongside of a family oh, yeah. who is willing and wants to adopt or who has adopted and make life easier for them. They're already good at it. So Come alongside them, ask how you can serve them or contribute financially um, to people, other people's adoption processes. I think that we are, um, we are accountable for all things about our lives. And Jesus spoke so much about stewardship in the parables and how, you know, when he would give you a little and you turned it into more, how important that was. Yeah. And when you didn't, it was it was actually a big deal. Yeah. Um, so without going into all the parables, I think of that when I think of our time, our finances, and our energy, like our passion. What do we give our passion to? And so I think that we as Christians have to expand what we put in that column, so to speak, like that column has in the past typically been reserved for churches and real obvious ministries. So yes, I'm going to give time, finances, and be passionate about the projects that my church is doing or whatever. I'm not saying don't give financially to the church that you go to, to your local body, but I'm saying we have to think more comprehensive. And I think in everyone's thinking, literally the same time that you're thinking about what I'm going to give my tithe or my offering to at the church, we should also be thinking, is there a widow and or an orphan mm -hmm. column for my time, my energy, and my passion? Jesus made it so clear that yeah. that is a big part of what we're supposed to. And we have to 
we, we get overwhelmed so easily and we think, oh, I just don't have time to think about all these other things. But yet we have time to look at them and complain about them. So we have to incorporate into our lifestyle and into our thinking, what am I personally doing to make a difference with this issue that is in our faces as a society? Our society right now is warring over, is it okay to kill a human being that's inside the womb rather than outside the womb? And at what stage might it be okay? How is one day different from another in the womb? So we're, as Christians, pretty clear on that. And yet, statistics show that many of the abortions, I'm not going to give the stats because I don't ever remember numbers, but it's a very high percentage of the women that have abortions go to church. That's true. And like they're churchgoers. And so if you are a pastor or a leader in a church, another way that you can meet this head on is create an environment, a culture in your family, in your community of church to believe for, for women to believe that if they come forward and say, I am pregnant and I don't want to be, whether they are married or single, there needs to be zero judgment so that you have a voice into the situation. If they feel that they will, will be judged or not loved or, you know, not supported, if a woman is going to have an abortion and I can do nothing about it, yeah. I still want to know about it because her life matters too, is the reality. It, it's not that I would approve of the abortion, but I, I don't ever want to cut someone off simply because they're making a choice that is clear to me that is sin. So anyway, no, I just wanted to interject that in the adoption part. And at some point I'm going to really, give really y'all good. and we'll really put in, in the links in the comments, we'll put some links of some different ministries that um, we recommend that you consider giving financially to or volunteering for. That is really, really good, Elizabeth. And so, you know, going along with this theme, it's not just about Roe versus Wade being overturned. That's right. That's not the end of anything. It's kind of the beginning, perhaps, of better treatment of family and of, of those that are... It doesn't solve the issues, yeah, right. even for state level. Yeah. Do you want to get into that a little bit? Well, that's, that was, that was going to be my next, my awesome. next point, awesome. is that Roe versus Wade, from what I understand, is not... It doesn't overturn every abortion law, mm -hmm. what it does is it gives it back to the states. And so the decision then has to be made at the state level, though the federal ruling, the national ruling will affect it as well and, and make it much more difficult at the state level for them to say, well, we know at the federal level, there is no abortion, there are no abortions allowed or no abortions except for these kind of extreme cases. Um, and so this is this is something else to pay attention to, to know about that your state and you're going to have, depending what state you're in, there's going to be some of the, uh, the radical left states, not from the standpoint that all the people are radical left, but they're, the government of that state has been captured by that. They're going to they're going to try to advance those measures. And so, again, we're going to have to we're going to have to prepare ourselves to stand, to be in a position of resisting in a practical way. 
what we're going through with everything that's going on in society right now with what's being revealed, there's a lot of pain of in the discovery of how our lives have been controlled, manipulated, and how there's been a pro-death agenda in so many ways around us. And we want to be free from it. You know, we want to be um, we, we want to be rescued from it as soon as possible. But there's a part of this we have to hang on to and hold on to. And it's the grace of God really um, allowing us to build up a, a, a muscle of resolve. Mm-hmm. You know, sharing on Elijah's stream just about Second Chronicles 2020. 20, mm-hmm. There was a key part there that the battle is the Lord's. The enemy is huge. Just like we found now, the enemy is huge. It's more than they can handle. The Lord, through the prophetic voice, said the battle is the Lord's, and it says, yet tomorrow you will do these three things. You will go immediately to the battlefield, position yourself, number one. Number two, remain, stay in your place there. And three, see the salvation of God. And so that's something we have to apply in a very practical way to even what we're talking about, Roe versus Way, the, the whole pro-life um, matter um, and and see that we have to be uh, we have to be prepared to think outside of our normal Christian parameters of thought because we're used to transactions being important even mm-hmm. people saved we want transactions we want to win elections we want amendments uh, we, we, these sudden victories that aren't about hanging in there occupying right and not not remaining staying in that position and so we have to be prepared to be an activated body of Christ. Yeah. Um, knowing that the battle is the Lord, knowing that we're not, it's one thing we're uh, in our own conversation among ourselves, we're it's making it clear. We're not orphans. We're not helpless. We're not hopeless. He's there, yeah. but he is saying, let's do this thing. Let's do this thing together. You're about to say something there. Yeah, I love that you just said, you know, what's normal for us we are in, I believe, in a, a time period where we are being offered a new normal by the Lord. And we have to respond. We have to make this transition to think um, like reformers, think like people who know they were born literally to change the world. And we're in such a shift and a transition time. But I was going to comment into what you were saying about the federal level versus the state level with Roe versus Wade and the just the issue of pro-life and abortion. Um, it is it is quite eye-opening to see that vote, the vote that just happened yesterday the in 51 to 49 the United is- States Senate. Evidently, there were every single Democrat senator except for one, and I'll, I'll name him from West Virginia, Joe Manchin. Buchanan? No, Manchin. Manchin? I'm not sure. I think I got his pronounce. It's, yeah. He's, he's the representative from West Virginia. Except for him, all other Democratic senators voted in favor of allowing abortions up until nine months. That is just dumbfounding to me. At the same time, I also feel like it's super important for us to remember and to um, encourage ourselves with this truth. I do not believe that the majority of Americans are represented in that vote. Of course not. I do not believe that what we hear from our media and the 
um, protests that we're seeing happen in front of the Supreme Court justices' houses, homes, and things like that, I don't believe that all of that media attention represents the majority of Americans. Maybe I'm naive, but... No, you're not naive. I know that from actual legitimate surveys. I think that there are more conservative people with conservative values in this nation, way more than there are people that do not have it. That being said, clearly um, we have to wake up to how to have engagement, conversations right. that are not aggressive, but that are truthful and honest and loving with people that we disagree with related to this issue, related to other issues. Um, one of the ways we can make a difference, speaking into the state level, is, I'm sorry, but at this point in time, I do not see how a Christian can, before God, vote a Democrat into office. We do not typically vote according, in past years, we've not voted according to Republican or Democrat. We've not labeled ourselves as that. We've always tried to research and pray and ask the Lord who to vote for, for all different levels of, of voting. And I think that we're supposed to have a kingdom mentality, not a political um, party mentality. But it's important, I think, right now for us to remember what they did yesterday. No, it's true. Like, it yeah, and we'll say in the old days, in the days before the last couple of years, uh, you know, the politics of Democrat versus Republican, there, there, you could kind of extract, you know, like you said, we've always the voting would lean Republican, um, we'll say, but it wasn't as black and white an issue as it is now. Now it's no longer politics. It did used to seem like it was politics, that you're talking about liberal politics versus conservative mm -hmm. politics, and conservative politics are slightly or a lot better uh, than liberal politics. Mm -hmm. You can find, but you can extract some good thoughts out of liberal politics, and, and theoretically, that there's supposed to be some compassion for certain nuanced things that should have compassion as well. But in the reveal of the last couple of years, mm -hmm. it has become black and white that it is, it is darkness, it is evil. Yeah. Um, to say across across the board, all the way to the ninth month, and I know there's, I don't know if they won, but in some states, contending like for even after yeah. the birth, that's that is now that yeah. is satanic, Luciferian, evil. And we have to call it that. This, uh, yeah, we're apolitical as it relates to, uh, we'll say Republican or Democrat. We realize, I realize uh, very strongly. I don't know how much, how yeah. if you're Repu as strong as me, but yeah. the, the, the rhinos, the Republicans, yeah. name only, and the deep state component that's in that party, uh, and you know, it's almost. It, it, it's it, it's it's been horrific to discover how much is there, how much betrayal, cowardice. That's and why else. we can't be political. We have to be kingdom minded yeah. and discerning. It's not it's not enough to just say, okay, I'll just vote straight this way all the time. Because yeah. individual people who are part of these political entities are making their own choices. And it was good. The other the flip side of what you were saying is that every single Republican 
uh, in the Senate did vote against that bill, even ones we have two or three that uh, are among the, the clear candidates to be gone from the Republican Party as well. But at least they knew that that would be an absolute violation of any kind of reason. Yeah. And so it was good for that. So what you're talking about, the last thing there, Elizabeth, is, you know, we're at, we're talking about the additional things to just winning Roe versus Wade that we have to consider. And I think you're kind of just barely getting into it. The, the winning the hearts and the minds of the people you're talking about having discussions and being willing to have discussions and, and, and not using the, the bully pulpit of our holiness and righteousness, but engaging in conversation and, and being willing to be uh, carriers of his love in the midst of, of also being carriers of his truth. Yeah. And that we have to do that because the goal is to get to a place where there would n never be a consideration of a change of law, that the hearts and minds of the people are so secured that unless they're really uh, demonic or sick, mm -hmm. that it would be just such an overwhelming 80, 90% or more of the population that would say, no, we cannot be a pro-abortion society. We cannot be a society that allows planned parenthood to run amok um, while pretending to be for women's health and yeah. uh, you know by doing a little token something here and there and you have to just realize that the nature of evil is it always comes with good in it they know that they have no chance of advancing an evil agenda against the whole thing of like um, rat poison you know it has a lot of inert ingredients or decent ingredients you separated from the other but go ahead i'll just add to that you know we're familiar with the scripture we wrestle not against flesh and blood it's not people that are the enemy and sometimes it's really hard to rem like walk oh, yeah that it, out is, it is it, because when yeah. someone is walking in deception um and they're very convinced of what they believe and listen we've all been deceived in different ways at different times to different degrees. So we got to have compassion. It's okay to, um, first of all, remember that it's not people that are the enemy. It's always the enemy. And it's the enemy that has deceived and distorted a certain narrative or perspective, ultimately, of God. But when you don't see God rightly, you don't see yourself rightly, and you don't see others rightly. So why would you see a, an unborn child's life rightly. Um, and so I can empathize. I can also empathize with a woman who, you know, feels overwhelmed in her life for different reasons or, or whatever without going into all that while still disagreeing. And we can, we have to learn how to state the truth and back it up with good, solid evidence, things that actually make sense. And when we just come at people with scripture or Christian lingo, like it's a sin, or even just aggressive words, even though they are true, like murder, I think there's a time and a place for that. I see mm -hmm. protesters that have signs that say abortion is murder and all mm -hmm. that. That is shock value and it does get people thinking. So we deal with cultural issues 
on a societal level differently than in our one-on-one -on -one relationships. The love still needs to be there either way. But um, I think that like on our social media and on, you know, our relationships with people that we end up in discussions, conversations with, it's really important that we word things in a way that helps them understand that we love them, yeah. that we feel compassion and empathy for their situation, um, but that we believe that the direction, the choice that they're making is, is not a healthy one for them or obviously for the child. And even in other issues yeah. that we talk about beyond even just abortion, I think it's important to keep this in mind. So my, my point with all that is that it's, we have to engage people differently than we engage the societal cultural issue. Yeah. No, it's very good. And, and there's a reality that the more right we know we are, this is human nature. The more right we know we are, the less kind we feel like we need to be. Like it's wow. such a no brainer, you know, that you cannot take a human life. And so therefore we can, you know, we can just throw all our knives and all our darts in the opposite direction because of that. So let's, uh, so before we move on to another um, topic, I want to tell you a few um, things that you can do. So, I think it's really important to support crisis pregnancy centers because mm -hmm. this is where the rubber hits the road and get, they give women options. They frequently have vans that they take to the abortion clinics or nearby and they allow women for free to get an ultrasound where they can see and hear the heartbeat of their child at any stage. Um, they also are the first person to give that that woman um, an option of here, we can help, help connect you with families that are willing to adopt, or we can connect you with a place where you can go that's safe, that will take care of you while you're going through your um, you know, pregnancy and provide you with the things that you'll need. Maybe it's a person that feels like financially they cannot take on another child. Um, and it, this is where when we support and lift them up, they can yeah. do what they're really good at doing. Um, good. I also talked to our daughter justice about a couple of people that they can follow or look at their website. So oh, one good. is liveaction.org, live, L-I-V-E, action.org. That's the website. They also have Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's a pro-life um, group that is making a huge difference. Um, there's another one called letthemlive.org, letthemlive.org. They support moms. And this is really cool about this organization. Evidently, they tell, they change the names, but they tell real true stories. They write up the stories of women that have chosen not to have an abortion, what situation they were in, why they even considered abortion mm. to begin with. So and then if their story touches your heart mm. and you feel like led by the Lord to, to invest in that, that woman's life, you can literally have what you um, give financially go specifically to that person's story. And, and, I love that. and I don't know if they follow up with them or what, but, isn't that amazing? You yeah. get to actually hear about 
the child's life that you are helping save. I love that. Um, and wow. then I'm, I'm actually going to encourage you to follow um, on social media, follow our daughter, Justice. I, I should have looked that up, but Justice Keel Enlow. I think you should be able to find her that way. Um, Keel is spelled K-U-E-H-L, K-U-E-H-L. Yes. Justice has an amazing ability to communicate very um, clearly about these kinds of issues while still using a language not that's heart, not yeah. aggressive and that is loving. And but she doesn't back down from. No, she's and amazing. She's, she's like you, and that she she does a lot of research and she remembers a lot of information and statistics that I just can't even keep up with. Follow her, but also look at who she promotes and follows because she follows a lot of these different organizations related to the kinds of topics that we're going to be bringing up. And again, this is up for discussion. Yeah. So these are, we're, we're not trying to tell you um, a complete thought on any one of these topics. We're just kind of getting barely into them and, yeah. and saying, dig research. And not only that, someone like justice and some of the others that she follows like Prager you and, um, who's the other one? Uh, Charlie. Oh, um, Charlie Kirk's organization, yes. Turning Point USA, TP USA, Turning Point USA. They, they have a lot of ambassadors that are young adults and they have a language that they use to discuss these kinds of things that is, um, it works with the, with younger people. And we get comfortable with the language that we use, which is typically more, churches and, um, you know, Christianity, but we have to be able to have these conversations, um, in a way that others can relate. <clears throat> That's good. And it takes effort to, to learn how to speak their language. All right. So let's go to the second issue and I'm pretty let's sure this is all we're going to have time for. Okay. Um, we, we hung in there a good bit on that, but that's just so important. So, uh, unmissable right now in, in the discussion room of things is this Roe versus Wade ruling that seems to be around the corner, supposed to be in June, the warfare over it, the battle over it, the attempts to circumvent um, what apparently the Supreme Court justice have already decided behind the scenes. And so anyway, we want to uh, not just... Um, Leave it to the one issue. Now, so let's talk about uh, the 200 Mules documentary. 2000. I keep saying 200. I, I'm looking <laughs> at it written 2000. And 2000, thank you, thank you for that. And numbers, I'm usually pretty exact at as well. The 2000 Mules and Dinesh Souza. Is that? Is, is, I don't know you, the right way to name, say his I've name. I've met him and- um, It's and either Souza or D'Souza. I tried to say his name really fast. I think the first part of his either Dinesh. Let's call him Dinesh. Dinesh. And anyway, it's something we watched. We, we hesitated to watch. We're not gonna kind of give you a full review on it. We've commented on, on you know, before, but we wanna think in the same kind of way of up for discussion. What should reformers do in light of what has been revealed, how might we be able to um, further assist other than just saying, oh yeah, we're super frustrated they cheated us. Because that was our concern from the very beginning is why we weren't even sure we really wanted is to. Is it just going to leave us all feeling more helpless? Like, okay, we know that it's it was Ill illegal, but 
Well, just can we do anything about it? Even it's part of being helpless. The, what's bad about being helpless is you, the injustice just kind of, um, the, you know, jumps in your face and claws your eyes out. And so um, <laughs> that's kind of vivid. I want it very dramatic. <laughs> but it's like we don't. You don't want to keep hearing about things that are proof of corruption right. and fraud and nothing be done about it. Right. But we did feel like there was something unique about uh, this, the, the approach from 2000 Mules because it's, you know, from the geodata tracking that they did and and how that becomes uh, now really available footage, there, it was kind of left before us, before the American people, some points of action that we can follow up with. And, you know, one is, yeah, pass it around because, uh, you know, very practical part of you are the light of the world, back to yeah. Jesus' first message. You know, you are the salt of the earth, you're the light. What does light do? Light brings transparency. Right. Now, there's a very, the way we would think of it, you light, ask Jesus into your life, and so the light's inside of you. But there is this very practical aspect of light that it brings transparency. If there's a dark room that has roaches and rats, the lights go on, and the roaches and rats, they scurry. And so we want roaches and rats, and we're not speaking specifically of people, but we want that which is filthy and corrupt to run mm -hmm. and to be gone. And any way we can bring transparency or light to uh, places, not just this, but places in government, places anywhere where there is hidden corruption going on, we are performing a kingdom duty. So we want to be able to expand our idea what a kingdom assignment kingdom duty is it's not just getting people saved but you bring the next level of transparency right. through bringing light so they have given us some interesting from the uh, the team dinesh and do you remember the name of the oh uh, i've forgotten her name yeah it was and the true, organization uh, it had something to do with well anyway you'll find out if you watch the documentary <laughs> um this this organization is really highlighted, and they they are part of the big exposure. Truth it's not truth in the truth election anyway. Anyway, there's uh, they are ones that really did the legwork on getting four million minutes of proof that there were the two thousand mules. For those who don't know what we're talking about exactly, two thousand mules are basically ballot. Um, they're not ballot. Um, they call them harvesters, no ballot trafficking. trafficking, ballot trafficking, just like there's trafficking of everything else. So they use the term they mules. They do harvest ballots illegally and then transfer them. And so they were getting eyes on video eyes and they were showing these actual video uh, of individuals who would go from ballot box, do they call it ballot box, mm -hmm. to ballot box, to ballot, I think there was on average you know, the group they were following had gone to at least 10 and they're doing handfuls anywhere from, you know, a little handful to such a big handful that's falling down on the floor. And so there's no way that this could just be done in an uh, innocent, well, you know, they just happened to uh, get a lot and they did it for the friends. And it's like, they also were stopping in at least, um, was it five um, of the, charitable organizations, what do they call them? 501c3 organizations that were involved in get out the vote things. So they were simultaneously going to all these drop boxes and simultaneously going to several of those. And so it's clear they're trafficking because they're also, um, as they're putting the ballots in, they have gloves as well. Mm -hmm. 
and because they had heard that the foot uh, the fingerprints had been uh, you know located in Arizona or something and then they're taking pictures of it because they're getting paid for it and then there's the time of it the time of day it's like 1 to 3 a.m. or something like that. And so the evidence is out there. And so the part um, we want to encourage you to do is to, you know, use it as a report. A crime. This is for me. You Anything else you want to say on this too? But it's kind of you have something to report a crime with. Go to your sheriff and say, have you seen this? Ask him to see it. And specifically, if you know your city, your area, your region was involved in county. any... County. I think it would be county by county. Yeah, you're right, because sheriffs are for counties. Um, these sheriffs, you know, all these people who are on these videos, so they have the 2,000, uh, what they call mules. And again, this is not 2,000 mules throughout the United States for the whole election that changed hundreds of thousands of votes. This was just in key little precincts, if you want to say, of mainly the five contended states that they found. It was a sampling. Basically. It was a sampling, mm -hmm. and it would be, you know, whatever, easily 50 to 100,000 of these individuals that are being paid. And this is kind of, this is not new. This is something they have been doing uh, for a while, but they really had to get out the vote in a whole nother way because the, the landslide that, uh, of voters for Trump was so, so much that they had to do that. Anyway, so, you know, take that, take it to your sheriff and say, can you find out who in, in our county has been involved and make some arrests? And I would like to see some businessmen, you know, pull together some millionaires or whatever, and, uh, put these billboards. Yeah. Or women. Or, well, yeah, they don't have to, <laughs> especially, that'd be great. Uh, get these huge billboards and maybe have, for those of you who do see the 2,000 mules, you know, they have like, uh, they'll have a whole screen that has like 50 little, what do you call it? The sub little windows, each one that has a picture of. All the video footage of them, them actually trafficking the ballots illegally. And, and just put those up for everybody to see. Or then they also had a report of per state report. It's like, again, that's part of transparency. It's part of bringing light. It's part of bringing attention. I don't know. Yeah, so you're saying if people can can pull their money together and get some billboards and, and draw attention to that documentary, 2,000 Mules, that, that could be really important. I mean, it's clear to me that, um, first of all, Dinesh is what we would call a reformer. I mean, I know that he um, is a Christian and he he the way he hosts all of the premieres of his documentaries makes it clear that he's doing this for uh, kingdom reasons. And so I love, he's just such a great example of a reformer. He's, he's taken his talent and his passion and he's spending it on changing the world and making a difference. At, I mean, I, I watch it and I'm like, how is he not afraid for his life and his family's lives? I mean, he's really on the front lines here. And so we cover him in Jesus name, but I appreciate um, how in-depth, and you gave us a little teaser of it, but how in-depth he goes. If you haven't seen it, you have to watch it. And then we just encourage you to share it and learn some of the stats from it, the information from it, so that you can talk intelligently. Yeah. People think, genuinely think, that it's just a conspiracy that the election was stolen. And we have 
we have more proof. We had the Dominion voting system, but now we also have this. And um, there was something else you said that I wanted to comment on related to that. Well, I'll tell uh, another accompanying story report that was sent uh, that I got today while you're thinking of that. See if it comes comes back to you okay. sometimes. So, uh, and I don't have them here because I haven't, you know, haven't processed through whether I want to report the individual's names or the states, but there are two reports today of state officials that were charged with multiple felonies for advancing electoral, for being a part of the electoral fraud. So this is also, you know, talk to a sheriff, talk to anybody else you think was on the other side, say, do you realize it is going around now? They are discovering. It's just a matter of time because the questions that beg to be asked after you watch the, the, the video is who is paying for, who is paying these mules in a practical way? And how are these charitable organizations, uh, these NGOs, what, what, what's going on internally? Who's running that? Who's head of that operation? We're going to find some very significant key political figures and names tied into this as well. Yeah. There's a reason. Um, and it's just coming to me now. I, President Trump, he's one of the endorsers of this documentary. And he said, it's, there was something, I, I didn't plan on saying it, but there was something like, this is going to go down in history as very significant. So he knows the potential of usage or the actual usage of what was presented by them is, is going to go around. So again, it's going to make a difference. So just realize. When you hear about 2,000 mules, I don't want to hear anything else that just makes me mad. It is not designed just to make you mad, just to give you some action points. So here's your call to action. Watch it. Share it with other people. Learn from it. Go to your sheriff. So a lot of our audience at this season, this stage of things, um, is, and we're hoping this continues, but that we gain more young people as well, but we have a lot of women around my age that that um, participate in these kinds of things, videos that we put out. And don't underestimate us. No, you no, said no, something no. about that I want you to comment on. But I, I think it's important to realize the authority that we have as moms. Whether you have natural children of your own or not, you are a mother to this nation. And we um, we're made in, in God's image that, that father part of God is really the, the full parental part of God, which includes mother and father. I'm not saying something that I'm not saying, I'm not saying call him mother or anything like that. Right. I'm just saying that but we were made in his image, we were male made and in female, his image so yes. and that fierce part in us as women that yeah. is protective and nurturing at the same time, no. um, it's, it's what makes us all mothers in this nation, spiritual mothers. And so I want to encourage you to go in either with a letter or better in person, depending on how big your county is. And go better to go three sheriff, or five of you together. Yeah. yeah, great idea. To a sheriff's office and, and, and you go in with honor. We have opportunities to go into people that are very high up in government positions, you always go in with honor. If you can't honor the person, at least honor the fact that they're in a position of honor. And you let them know, and hopefully it's true, I pray for you. I have got your back spiritually. The God that I know cares about the, the position that you're in 
even more than he cares about the pastor's position in my church because you are stewarding way more people and way more influence than he is. And so I am assigned to you and I'm going to pray for your protection. I'm also going to pray that if you are courage. <laughs> that if you are partnering with the enemy in any way that it is exposed and to the degree that you're willing to expose evil and go after evil in our county that favor and blessing comes your way and provision for all that you need. And I'm here for you. And by the way, I have a favor to ask of you. Would you please watch this short video or at least some clips from it and see if there's some action point you should have from this? You know, there are ways that we can grow in relationship with people in these positions of authority that are supposed to be there serving us. And so, but you don't go in with guns blazing. I'm a Christian and I want you to make sure you're doing this the godly way. Why would we expect unbelievers to do something the godly way if we are not praying them into the kingdom and loving them into the kingdom? No, that's that's really good. Well, what, yes, we were having just some conversation earlier with Elizabeth and I was like, you know, I just got this. Um and I had wrote it down, the over 40 women mm-hmm. um, in this nation, and, and we were identifying that our social media, and a lot, that there's, uh, we have a high percentage of over 40 women. We have some, we have young, younger people as well, but if you just look at the, uh, the data on our, on our, our you know, at least on Facebook, yeah. Facebook, that that is a truth and reality. So the the over forty women are honeybees, um, and they're doing a lot of cross pollinating because even in that, they're getting the word out to husbands and their family, and so they're you're you're operating, and it doesn't just have to be the over forty because you know there's maybe over thirty. You've already advanced into this, but it's, but specifically the over forty. So if you see the value of who you are. Um, as being, you know, honeybees do this cross-pollinating. There's just all kinds of uh, disasters we would have agriculturally, we'll say, if we didn't have honeybees doing the cross-pollinating they're supposed to be. But there's just buzzing and moving from flower to, uh, to flower. And again, the application from individual to individual, carrying what you know to be um, uh, the truth that has to be carried. And, and we just want you to understand that this is such a unique privilege at this time that you go back in history, you know, women's voice, it wasn't just that they're shut down from the church and women be quiet in church. And right. that's, that'll be a discussion for another time. We'll free you sure. up to let you have all the leadership you're supposed to have as well. I've already kind of let that one out, but you want to understand that this, uh, you know, the very thing that uh, they have used in order to, it will say brainwash and program and all that, which is social media and and being able to come from all angles, it has allowed the honeybees to connect with each other and to connect with the world as yeah. never before. Keep doing it and yeah. do it with all the authority and all the voice that God's given you and um, and all the love. At the same time, we can do it. No, we can do it. So in our last few minutes, I actually want to hit on three really quick things. Oh my goodness. Just bam, three bam, bam. Things. Okay. And, um, you know we don't have a set time that we're trying to finish each, each week. Um, we don't want it to go too long, but I think these three will, will hold their attention just a little bit longer. So I'll go and tell you what the three are and then we can go through them. So one, I want to just speak into, um, a topic that a lot of people are talking about right now, which is 
Elon Musk. And I want to revisit a question that somebody asked that you posed to me on their behalf on our Q&A that we did a few days ago about flat earth <laughs> theory. And um, then very briefly about the 501c3 model. And so Elon Musk. All right. And I'll just do a quick hitter on them and maybe we go deeper on another Sounds another good. time. Because yeah, yep. we could go. Well, first of all, his name is big now for multiple reasons, but the Twitter, uh, we'll, we'll save uh, the, the unique and brilliant takeover of Twitter that he is in the process of executing has been wonderful. And he's just come out in the last couple of days saying, yes, the ban on Trump was, um, you know, I don't know if he just called it stupid or whatever, and that he plans when he's fully empowered, that he plans to reverse uh, Trump's ban on, on Twitter. And so, but then many people are aware that if you go, you know, it's not like uh, Elon Musk has, it came out of the evangelical church or, you know, he, he was a minister of any sort. He has, um, if we don't call it uh, checkered past questionable, there are like, you know, is he, how holy is he? And, and this is good a time as any to hit on you. You mentioned Dinesh DeSalza, loves the Lord. We've met him, but we don't really know him in depth and all that kind of stuff. And there are things that people are doing. Again, if they're pro-transparency, if they're pro-liberty, we applaud it. Even if, even if, uh, whether it's Dinesh DeSalza or Elon Musk, whether you find out some um, sin um, that somebody's doing, it does not take away from this particular service that they're doing for us as a nation, really for, you could say, for the world what's taking place. So yeah, I know Jesus, you know, he, he had told the story about the end times where when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. And there's an element to that, that we always forget an element of surprise that there will be people in the end of time that did it to the least of these. And Jesus will say, when you did it to them, you did it unto me. And they're like, we didn't know that was yeah. you. We didn't know that was yeah. your heart. And so there are unbelievers and unbelievers who may have like serious flaws in their lives that um, that still are doing some things that represent the heart of God to our generation. And freedom of speech is the heart of God. Freedom. And clearly, Elon Musk has a love for freedom of speech. So I appreciate that. At the same time, I know that um, allegedly he has said that Tesla, his company that he owns, will pay for abortions or the travel for abortions for their employees. So I think this becomes an opportunity just to help people understand, help reformers, our, our community here understand that you don't have to overstate your allegiance to someone, whether good or bad. You don't have to overstate it. You can, you know, we even experience this sometimes. People will just say all kinds of amazing things about us until we say one thing that they don't agree with. And all of a sudden we've just like devastated them <laughs> because we weren't trying to be put on a pedestal. You know, like I think that we can hold people a lot more in the gray area of life than black and white. And it's important to do that because most people, the majority of people, you actually have way more in common with them than you don't have in common with them. 
there's always some common ground. There's always something that you can connect with someone on. And there's always something you can disagree on. Yeah. And so someone like Elon Musk, we don't have to go on our social media saying, oh, he's the greatest thing ever because he did all this with Twitter and all that. We can appreciate what he did. And we can also be like, this is not so good. The other thing he's doing, if it's true about, about Tesla. Yeah. And we don't know, could he be um, used to, uh, you know, do a beach act of betrayal from what he, what he's doing in Twitter now and not follow through with what he said, all, all kinds of things. It just seems, it seems good. What's yeah. happened, the attention there. Take I, things at face value until they're proven otherwise. Yeah. And just to re remind you something I say frequently when I'm speaking <clears throat> on Elijah streams elsewhere, you know, the Cyrus Colin anointing Cyrus was a guy. He, he had a, such a clear assignment from God that 140 years before he was ever born, Isaiah is identifying, calling him by name. Amazing. And it ends up being key towards uh, Jerusalem being rebuilt, the temple being rebuilt and all that. But he was never a believer. And so there, there are assignments that God gives people, and it can be because of, um, you know, their leaders, and they responded to the Lord. Elon Musk, he has, he has leadership, but he has a ton of resources as well. So we applaud anybody who does something that's right. That's right. And and but we don't have to lift them up as as heroes. So okay, we probably hung on hung on that All one. All right. So in our Q and A the other day. Um, uh, you posed a question that someone had asked and you said, you said to me, do you believe in the flat earth theory? And so I went back and listened because we've gotten a little bit of feedback. Some of you got a little stirred up about that. <laughs> I was surprised. I clearly said in our um, Q&A that I don't know, but that I personally believe that the earth is round, that the, it is a globe. Um, but we talked through why would, why would we even consider and not just say, well, of course it's 100% people that believe that in flat earth are crazy. They're weird. They're wackos. Um, first of all, that's not nice. We can have disagreements on things and, and, and it not make other things that they think or believe untrue. It doesn't, you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. But we also talked about how, um, there are a lot of, of obvious things like when you're in an airplane, the, the earth seems and appears to be round. But when you watch some of the other research that others have done that do believe in a more flat earth or like a, um, what do you call it? The globe? No, a shape like this, like a- Oval. An, an oval. No, because it's flat on the bottom, but- like this curved on the top, like a upside down contact lens. Some people believe that. Okay. So it's, you still have that factor of it being um, roundish, but there's like an end, an edge to it. There's not, right. That's the, the what flat some earth, people think. I thought the flat earth people believed that it was like a square and there's four corners. And so find out, okay, flat earthers don't, don't believe that. So part of that is making that. But this is something we didn't even plan this at all. Watch this. I'm going to get up Goodness. right here. I don't know if it was already in here, but then we found out, oh, look at this. This is a no brainer. It is round. Okay. That was, um, 
unplanned. I don't know if it even shows there anymore. Yeah, you probably ought to put it on the floor. Put it, on, put it on the much. floor. So here's the deal. You're trying to say this is our proof that it's round. This is our proof. It is round <laughs> after all. So sorry. Um, but one of the reasons I wasn't, and I think there's some people like, they didn't like I was, uh, you know, noncommittal on yeah. flat or the other. And you have to know that as strongly as you feel about the round, there is people that feel that strongly about the flat earth theory. And there's, and they there have is, legit, yeah. Arguments. And you're saying, yeah, but I know from a pilot, there's pilots on both sides. I've actually read them on yeah. both sides. On well, we were actually never allowed to do this, and well, we never really approve, and it's unclear why when we're going from here to there. Uh, why we can't do it as well. No, it's clear because there's magnetic pool and top and all that. So yeah, if you know, I, I, I've always, we've always believed it's around uh, uh, earth and like the globe we're showing, but because the point we were bringing up is we've found out that we have been lied to right. about so many things and so many things that I just knew couldn't be true and find out that they actually were. Yeah that you have to, you know, pause enough and say, well, what kind of absolute proof do I have to uh, make? Yes, if God said it, and but I'm not really going into prophetic decrees here or anything thing like that. So we just understand that it's part of the reality of the day we're in. There's a lot of things that are being questioned. You know about that. What happened 911? What happened on the Titanic? What happened? All kinds of things. And so this is a good time to practice what you were just Exactly. Just That's saying. why I brought it up, because there's going to be a lot of opportunity for us to choose sides on all kinds of issues. This is not a time to choose sides over things that don't really matter, like that are not the main thing staying the main thing. Well, even... And to add to it a little bit, we are at a time of disclosure and reveal. And so there is <clears throat> just like, there's a lot of things we now know that we didn't know two years ago. Um, evidences of, of certain things. If you had told me, I don't know, maybe it's three or four years ago that human trafficking is as widespread as it's now kind of common ground. I, I, I was like millions and millions every, I, was, I don't think so. So there's, we have to give room for people to do the awakening that they're going to do. This is going to be just a good lesson for us moving forward. Remember the things that you've changed your mind on, whatever one of all these things of discovery, the reveal yeah. that's taking place. Just remember where you were. And so we don't want to just belittle and mock and consider them, you know, absolute, whatever word we want to use, doofs. Um, for being for for still not getting it, when the evidence is not that clear on on some matters, there's clear enough for us yeah. to to make our decisions. Anyway. Like for for us, we don't understand enough about. I mean, we understand what we grew up learning in school and all, but we don't we don't when we listen to both sides of the argument, we're not experts enough in this topic to be able to fully commit one hundred percent to one way or another. And so for me, until things are more public, I'm going to just err on the side of what I've, I've experienced, which is I've, I've seen, 
you know, pictures from out of space that I'm assuming nobody's fooling me on. But if they are, I'm going to hold it loosely so that I'm not too shocked if I find out differently. Well, and hopefully this doesn't happen now. We're aware in the midst of that, that there's some conversation, like there's, there's enough irregularities as to why, uh, why are certain topics just you're not allowed to talk about? Yeah. What are, why are things censored? Again, back to that question. Yeah. Why are things censored? And, and I know, you know, even why on Elijah's streams, I'm now on Rumble and no longer on YouTube, is I was speaking about Antarctica. And, and, and as soon as I mentioned that and some deep state bases and activity and why we don't have access to certain places live, we were t taken off, off the air. And so I'm like, that's just a little red flag. This is flag. going to be on YouTube, so we'll see how it's handled. <laughs> we, we hope, yes. Among we'll other just, platforms, but one of them will be when, when is it? So, so anyway, we need to be yeah. winding this up. I know we've, we've gone on. Was there a third one? Was that third? Yeah, no. Okay, one last controversial topic here. 501c3s. What do you think about them? And we, we actually are one. Restore 7 is a nonprofit. 501c3. When you donate, um, you're able to receive a tax deduction. So what's what's your thoughts on that? Okay, 501c3. And you have to realize we were pastors for uh, 15 years, senior pastors. And you may not know this, but the first half, probably the first seven years, we were not 501c3. I remember, yeah. And you don't have to be. And the last seven years, we were. And why did we make um, why did we make that shift and change? Was it because we wanted to bow to the beast? No, it was really businessmen who wanted to give bigger, um, uh, bigger offerings and things. It, it began, they looked, they looked at us as like, why aren't you willing even to go through the steps of, um, transparency that are demanded? They didn't say it that way, 501c3. And so it didn't change a thing how we had our meetings. It didn't change. I didn't change in one iota the things I addressed or didn't address. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's been kind of a surprise to hear the last year comes out of everywhere. 501c3 is a devil and we have different voices and things that are you know, prophetic people saying this is, you know, it's like the worst case. You can no longer support a person who's involved in that. We understand this is the quick part of it. Yeah, and we're not saying this because we're about to ask for an offering, by the way. So uh, Yes. <laughs> That's not where this is headed. No, I'm bringing this up because people have asked about it. Yeah, for us, right now, there's a very practical part for us Five uh, as um, Restore 7. Businessmen give, and the 501c3 denotation allows them to have now you're saying businessmen i just have to tell you as a woman that like, feels a little offensive and okay. i know you don't mean it that way but because there are plenty of men and women that, yeah, no, that no, no. work really hard and they sow financially into organizations like ours so yeah it's just people business yeah. people yes we're just not used to say business that way no but i'm glad you brought it up yeah, that's I'm, good no that's I that's, appropriate. that's not your that's heart. appropriate that's not your heart uh no 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 um, and even just business, you can be non non business person and and have uh, you know desire to give and whatever. So it's not just business either. So, but the whole deal is, it at this the practical the pragmatic part of it. It allows you to pay less on your taxes, mm -hmm. and so to connect to that point, you know, at the end of the day, 
those who are saying the 501c3 is an evil thing, was created this as a living, they should never have done it. Your taxes, everyone pays taxes. 100% of the tax setup that we have right now is an illegal setup. The whole, the whole system is is not and good. We're in transition from a lot of things, for a lot of things for shift and change, and it just hasn't hit the highest number one priority yet. And for, again, for those of you pushing on how evil the 501c3 might be, have you totally separated yourself from the evil of paying a tax you shouldn't pay as well and being a part of usury? Any part of, if you have a mortgage and you're involved in usury, you're in violation of scripture. You see, at what po at some point, you just get into legalism. and Our whole uh, economic system needs an overhaul. It all needs restoring. Our, our economies are, are rooted and based in so many wrong things. Where would we even start, I, is what I hear you saying. Yeah, we got to go with what's next. Honestly, because there's so many other things highest priority, we don't lack faith to step out of ourselves, being a 501c3, and just make it, okay, we're total business, do total business model. Um, it really, once again, it's thinking though, if the IRS is already illegal in the way it's operating, why give them a bigger chunk that they can enforce through uh, police force? And, and so if you understand, once you have a whole lot of imperfection things going on, we can, the idealism can make you become um, just an out of control person, individual, but we're not trying to accuse you of that as all. But not just all, all out of control about everything, but like yeah. just like nitpicking and where we just overanalyze everything. Where we can't go after everything all at once, and God as a father doesn't go after everything at once. Yes, in an ideal world and where this is all headed, we do believe that that the whole financial IRS tax system needs a complete overhaul and we want to be a part of whatever the new kingdom idea is. Yeah. And if there was another option right now, we would take it. We feel like the best way we can serve those who are um, donating, this helps them steward their money better in the midst of the the corrupt system that we find ourselves in. Let me give them one other ver word picture we'd be done. Okay. We've gone way past. Um, so for instance, think of a tree, a big, huge tree, and we'll call this big, huge tree the IRS. The IRS, at least the way it functions now, needs to be done away with. I've prophesied the IRS is done away with, so it's either in reality or in modality. In other words, it can be restructured. It's those that collect a flat tax and whatever, but they have clearly violated, if you go just where it started from, why is it a private corporation for Puerto Rico, et cetera, et cetera. There, it's like, so this is the big tree. And here we have one branch is the 501c3 branch. And we're isolating our attention to it. And like, why does this exist? If this thing gets gone, this will go with it. I don't know if you understand that. If the IRS, the way it is, if the IRS, the way it presently functions, is done away with, the illegal, the illegal unconstitutional parts of the IRS get it done away with, this branch is eliminated. So having said that, uh, but we love every one of you. <laughs> <laughs> we do. And we're okay with disagreeing on some things. We hope you are too. Um, so I thought it would be cool to end with this. I'd like to pray over everyone, but I first wanted just to remind you of something that the Lord was reminding me of today. And, um, 
I just absolutely love one of my favorite worship leaders is Carrie Job and her husband Jody Carnes. And they tend to write songs that feel very um, prophetic with the timing of what's going on. One song in particular that they wrote, literally, I think it was the week before the pandemic and the lockdown in March of 2020, mm -hmm. called The Blessing. Everybody knows the song. It's gone viral, as they say. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like the Lord gave them that song so intentionally knowing that it was going to be the start of an incredibly difficult, hard time for society. And that song not only went viral here, it just took off in every language. And then remember during kind of the lockdown, if you were on, on social media much, then you saw how people from all over the world started singing from their own home and playing instruments different parts of it and they sang it in different languages and it just it just took off and I just want to declare those words over you they're actually from scripture but um it says may may his favor be yeah. upon you to a thousand generations yes. upon your children even children representing those uh the the ones spiritually that you have poured into and he, it, she sings this in the live, the very first recording they did it. I don't know if it's in all of them, but she says over and over again, he is for you. Oh, yeah. He is yeah. for you. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. He was singing this over us as we entered in to this exhausting, long, difficult, chaotic, confusing disorienting time that we have found ourselves in, but it will have an ending. And it was for a purpose. One of the things I talked about this week on my Choose Love is that God doesn't just deliver us from something. He delivers us into something. We're being rescued, delivered from evil, but we are being delivered into a kingdom age. And this kingdom age requires us to all show up and be who he created each of us to be and to actually have fun using the, the gifts and talents that he's given each one of us to make a difference in the world and to offer a solution where there's been corruption, where there's been a problem. And so do you want to just pray yeah. over everyone? Let's do that. All right. Lord, we just thank you for this time together to share and to hopefully come up for discussion mm -hmm. on real matters, real situations, real things going on in our society at this time. Lord, in this time together, just we agree here in prayer. We just pray that encouragement would be released yes. upon the airwaves, Lord, that yes. there would be a strengthening in the spirit of everyone that's listening, Lord, that there would be um, just something that you pour out and impart into everyone yes. that is listening and watching right now, Lord, of your strength. Lord, just ignite even the coals of hope that are in everyone uh, for such a time as this, Lord. Where we're headed, uh, where we're headed is to uh, this whole new era of the kingdom of God on earth. Yeah. And it's it's a whole new prophetic era. It's a whole new, new kingdom era. And we just thank you for the privilege of living in such a day, even though it's high stakes, it's risky. Mm -hmm. There has been loss. There's been difficulty. 
we thank you, Holy Spirit, you are with us. Yes. Not only he is for you, he is with you. That's right. And we just thank you, Lord, that you are allowing that to resonate in the ears of everyone who's listening right now. He is with you and he is for you. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. Amen. I just saw like a little picture in my, my mind that I want to encourage everyone with. You know, kingdom age and what you're being birthed into, um, it always is like the worst in labor and delivery right at the end and then the relief, you know. And I, I've just felt in my spirit the Lord telling us to take a deep breath right now. And I saw this picture of us like, like going underwater. And when you go underwater, like you see in the movies, they like being shot at or whatever, and they go underwater and they have to hold their breath and they don't know how long they're stuck under there. But, you know, hopefully they took a deep enough breath to last as long as they needed to underwater. I feel like the Lord was saying he has literally been building our capacity to breathe him in during this time for this last push. And when I say that, I don't know if I'm talking about something that's going to happen tomorrow or something that's going to happen in a few weeks or or a few months or next year. I don't know. But I feel like where, where we are headed next requires us to take a deep breath and go underwater, so to speak. Um, But there's going to be a, he, he knows he put into us the capacity to hold our breath, so to speak, for the time that will be required. And, and I love how breath speaks of Holy Spirit. It's the pneuma. It's the breath of God that, that created yeah. life that is on the planet. And, and it's the same Holy Spirit, Ruach, that, that raised Jesus from the dead. His body was dead in the tomb. And it quickened him, and in a moment, he stood up, and a body that was dead was now fully alive again. And that same Holy Spirit we have been learning to feast on and do life with, and and that same Holy Spirit will sustain us through this last push. And it's going to be okay. You are connected to the source of all life and everything that you need. So start having the capacity to not just think about yourself and and what your needs are, but others as well. Whatever that means for you, position yourself to be a lifeline for others as well. So. Amen. Amen. Well, blessings on you. We look forward to our next time together. Yep. See you next week on Up for Discussion. (laughs) 